Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Weird booksmen. Weird idiots. Yeah, just like that Forrest Gump idiot. Yeah. Idiot, idiot. has to be the, the most used word in this book, right? Like, Maybe. I mean, aside from the and a. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. Yeah. Um, hey, it's uh, it's the theme of the book. The theme of the book can be summarized as an idiot. Yeah, Forrest Gump is an idiot. Yeah. Um, it's fantastical adventures. Um, Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the last uh, episode of us reading the book. Yes, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we should give our final thoughts about the book until mm-hmm. we talk about the end of the book. Oh yes, yeah, Tom. I'm a little. I mean, that's I'm how little, books go. Yeah, I'm a little scatterbrained today. My uh, my son is a baby, and he puked all over me <laughs> and he, earlier and he today. told me he wants to move out no he puked uh, on you he puked all over me before Ugh. yeah what, he's uh, sick poor little guy i mean uh it's, it's not his fault it's this uh, oh i thought you were saying poor got. poor little guy about yourself for getting puked well, on. i'm a poor little guy also <laughs> <laughs> Tom, i was wearing a cashmere sweater at the time what <laughs> yeah what? Did, did you uh, like have a? Uh, did you have to go to the office or something today, or a fancy meeting? Yeah, it's weird around the house. It's cozy. What? The one nice thing that I own, besides my well, uh, Indochino suit, of course. If, it, if it's a nice thing you own, why are you wearing it around the house? You're, why not? You're supposed to Treat wear yourself. old, old, crappy clothes around the house that yeah. make you feel comfortable. Tim, I'm not, I'm nude from the waist down right now. I know you're always nude from you're a regular <laughs> Donald Duck over there. You got your sailor's cap on. <laughs> yep. That little kerchief around your neck. Uh-huh. It keeps me that that keeps me warm. Uh, it helps uh offset not up. having any any pants on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so, uh, so yeah, he threw up on you. Yeah, and like I cleaned everything up like really well. And mm-hmm. how uh, long did you how long did you yell at him for? Tom, uh he's doing better, thanks for asking. <laughs> um <laughs> but you ever uh smell a smell that's kind of traumatic and then like you can't get the smell out? It's yeah, like, you just like keep thinking about that smell. Yeah, and it's like I know like I I'm not wearing any of the same clothes. I d- 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 took a shower, mm-hmm. I like cleaned everything up and it's like Still, it's still ingrained in my nose. <laughs> so it was a very unique smelling uh, puke. Yeah, I gotta find out what they're feeding them at daycare. <laughs> you don't know what they feed them at daycare? Not really. They send me pictures of them eating. Uh, <laughs> it's usually McDonald's hamburgers. <laughs> I mean, I think it one. I think the first time they brought him something, I think it was cinnamon toast crunch when he was oh, like wow. seven Pure months sugar. old, and I was just like, "Hey, could we? Could we not?" <laughs> Yeah, I could you not uh, fill my kid up with uh, sugar before yeah. you give him back to me? Well, so it's, I, it's probably not good for a, a very no. young child to be eating that much sugar. No, no, he, he doesn't need the energy. He's got uh, energy to spare, probably. Yeah. Um, great daycare, Tom. They're wonderful folks. Uh, just in case they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> or are they sponsoring this episode? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, they're. Uh, I mean, Tim, I've told you to talk to them about sponsoring the podcast. Do you ever meet somebody like? All right, so I live in a co-op. Uh huh. And there's like a board elections, and they're like mm-hmm. uh, encouraging people to like run for the co-op board. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I can never do anything like that because yeah. somebody finds out I have this fucking thing or, you know, the public <laughs> one. And like suddenly like everybody's like parsing every dumb thing I've said over the last 13 years. Dude, and like, you... it's not, it's not like I'm like afraid of getting like canceled. It's more like <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a bonehead. This guy's are a, you, a are you trying to make fucking bonehead. Are you trying to make me feel bad for you that you can't run for a position on a co-op board (laughs) no 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 do you find sometimes when you meet people in like legitimate life Uh that they're gonna find out about that like i'm meeting uh other parents at daycare oh i see yeah and just like i just feel like this whole endeavor tom honestly (laughs) finally gonna catch up with you yeah exactly (laughs) this is this is a very bad idea that we did yeah. this at all. Uh, I mean, it's too late now, Tim. <laughs> I know we're in too deep. I'll never serve on a co-op board. <laughs> yeah. You, you better kiss that dream goodbye. Yeah. It's like how uh, like uh, the FBI won't take anybody, I think, over 35. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, Tom. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, well, that's just uh, the way it is. And you're, you're going to... Have to say yourself, eh, if I ever run for co-op board, my uh, opponent is going to run a smear campaign based on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it happened again, Tom. This happens like at like weddings I go to and stuff, mm-hmm. like where I'll meet somebody you get new. thrown out. You get thrown <laughs> yeah. out because of something you've said on this show. No, I'll meet somebody. I'll be introduced by somebody, and they'll be like, um, uh, uh Somebody introduced me to uh, their uh, their sibling who was at a show mm-hmm. the other night, and was like, "Oh, this is Tim. Uh, he has a like a podcast that you would really love." Mm-hmm. And then the, this woman was just like, uh, "A very nice woman," but was like, "Oh, what's the name of your podcast?" I don't want you to like go and listen to this. <laughs> it's me acting like a goddamn fool. Yeah, don't want- worry about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was there too. You were you were dressed up in your tuxedo. You were you were trying to pretend to everybody like you were uh, you know, like a man about town. Yeah, like, I, uh, I kept the, striking the pose of Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Gatsby yeah. where he's raising the champagne glass. You you kept referring to yourself as the Prince of New York. Yeah. And, and you wanted to everybody go. to leave there with that impression of you, not to go home and Google you and, and listen to this and find out uh, you're a charlatan. I mean, has that happened to you where like you've been like somebody's like, oh, what's your podcast called? And it's like, oh, I don't need this to bleed into this part of my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially uh, because like I don't have a day job. So like yeah. when people ask what I do, I need to like account. I always feel the need to like account for my time in total. <laughs> yeah. You can't just, uh, just yeah. say part of it. Like, hey, I write books. Yeah. Because then it's like, you know, <laughs> oh, but you haven't had like, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, enough books or something. I don't know. My fears aren't rational fears. Yeah, nobody's going to like ask to see your tax returns like, and be like, well, how much it? are you You're making up? Just a books? writer? You don't have any other form of income, not another <laughs> Patreon I might find somewhere. <laughs> So, and especially like, because we go overseas, uh, you know, except for the pandemic, you know, once a year, uh, for over a decade now. Uh, so like, I often find myself having to explain like, you know, like, Oh, why'd you go to England? I went for work. Oh, was it your first time? Nah, I've been there like, I don't know, 15 other times. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Oh, wow. Why? What do you do? And yeah, then you have to explain. Yeah, my old day job where I kept this a a big secret. Mm-hmm. I would always like take time off every year to mm-hmm. go to England, and they're like, "Oh, you're going to England again? With who? Oh, with my roommate." Yeah. Oh, okay. And then uh, people were just like, "Oh, this is just a a, a, a man who uh, yeah. is not out of the closet, <laughs> right? A man who is still referring to his boy uh, his boyfriend <laughs> as his roommate." Yeah. And um, like we all know, he'll you know in his own time he'll tell us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all right. Well, that's what they think. I mean, that's you know. Uh, Nothing to be ashamed of, certainly not as shameful as having a fucking podcast. (laughs) I, I definitely, uh, I, I don't, I'm not as uh, ashamed of it, I guess. It's not a shame. It's just kind of like an awkwardness, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because how many times in this episode, so many more questions. Yeah. And like, in this episode that we just recorded that will come out mm-hmm. a couple days after this in the main feed, how many times did we say the phrase eating ass? <laughs> uh, so a whole like, bunch. Yeah, yeah, so it's like when I'm meeting your aunt at a wedding, like yeah. I don't need her to be like, oh, I just learned about podcasts. Yeah, let me look this up. It's yeah, let like, me look uh, this up on the way home. We'll listen to it. Yeah. It's like, let's let's keep this. Let's keep this separate. Well, I will say, though, Tim, I had uh, a different experience somewhat recently at a at at like, you know, what you're talking about, a wedding, you know, the, these kinds of situations where you're meeting a lot of people, but it's not like, you know, a, a business related thing. It's a personal mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I found what's interesting is. There were a lot of, you know, we're we're uh like the oldest millennials. Right. The greatest millennials. <laughs> like the greatest generation the of the most out of touch of the, all the millennials. <laughs> um but we're like, you know, button right up against that edge of Gen X. Right. What I found talking with younger millennials uh recently is when they ask like uh if I, uh, you know, <laughs> I was going to say if they, when they ask if I do a podcast, no, when they ask like about stuff and I, and I mentioned a podcast, they are like, whoa, like actually impressed by it. And like, you know, are like, oh, I, that's my dream. And I have like other friends that do it, but you know, they, they made three episodes and you know, nobody listened. So they never did it again. Right. And then they like really like I had a few people who I mentioned that and they were like 
very impressed that I had a podcast, which is weird. And then it wasn't until later, like, you know, mentioning some of the, uh, you know, we're obviously like very low on the podcast totem pole still, but it's like, you know, we, we've been doing this for a while. We're on a network. We travel, uh, to do shows. We've got a Patreon and like mentioning some of that stuff. They were like, what? Oh my God. (laughs) It was like, Oh, you thought I just like, I don't know, just, you did a, you were just impressed that I did a podcast? You didn't <laughs> you even care if it. anyone really, listened to it? It's really, really easy. Yeah. So that's that's the one different experience that I've found yeah. uh, lately. Because And, you well, know. Were you still like, well, I hope they don't go listen to this. And <laughs> yes. Then, like, I have to, like see them again at another thing and then be like, oh, I didn't care for this thing. It's very stupid. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's the other problem. And now I'm thinking about it and I'm realizing where the disconnect might have been because then like I'd be like, a lot when this would happen, most of the time, it was people who are uh, big fans of podcasts. Yeah. And then when I would ask them like what podcast they liked, they were podcasts that were like way better than our podcasts and yeah. like way more professional. It's like, and now I'm putting everything together in my head and I'm like, oh, they thought I did something like when I, when they told me like, oh, I listen to New York Times the daily every day. Like, oh, do you think I do something like that? Yeah. Do you think I'm a, I have like a, like a newsroom behind me? And that's what I'm doing. And we do, but it's just a, a ton of just very bad journalists. Uh, yeah, I throw all of it out. I'm like, guys, yeah. sources, source. I need sources. I can't print these. And get me pictures of Spider-Man. Tom, I think what we need to do. <laughs> then people just print out pictures from Google. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> you just look at the I Spider-Man pictures. <laughs> yeah. Put them up on the wall. Another Spider-Man picture <laughs> for my wall. <laughs> You forget to record the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You've I, I'm just looking the at, whole staff for the day. I'm just, uh, you know, standing back in awe of how many pictures of Spider-Man I got <laughs> up on this wall. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, we should embrace being idiots like one Forrest Gump. He knows he's an you, idiot. If you embrace what you are, mm-hmm. um, sometimes incredible things will happen. Yeah, just just uh, you know, own being an idiot and uh go with the flow. Yeah. When and someone tells you to shrimp do business. And when somebody tells you to do something, just don't even question it. Mm-hmm. Uh and I mean, just, I do that to some extent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of what Forrest does is he just listens to like whatever the person he's most recently spoken to tells him to do. Yeah, it works you know, out nice for him. Yeah, because like a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm I'm in this place and in this situation because somebody told me to do X, but now I'm here and somebody's like, you know, goddamn son, you you must be the best ping pong player I've ever seen. Like then I have to start listening to that man, right, and, and do what he tells me. Um, hey, not a bad a hell way of to a go way to life. go through life. Yeah, Tom. Uh-huh. Uh, we read uh, chapters nineteen through the end of the book. Yes, uh, twenty six, I think, was the last chapter. Um, and I'm not gonna. I don't think we need to catch everybody up on where 
uh, on what's happened. I think uh, it's essentially irrelevant. Um, <laughs> just knowing that uh, he, he went on been, an adventure. He went on an adventure, and the newest part of this adventure is that um, he has been invited into the world of professional wrestling um, yes. as a character called the Dunce. Who wears a diaper and a dunce's cap. And he is going to Muncie. Mm-hmm. We, when we last, when we last uh, met up with him, uh, when we last saw him, he was headed to Muncie for his first match mm-hmm. um, against a colorful character. Um, <laughs> well, not that <laughs> colorful. Re- Just kind of read- one color. Can you read the first uh, line of chapter 19? Probably the best line in the book. I, I actually have, have another contender in this section. <laughs> yeah. Book. Yeah. I, I mean, we've, we compared, especially uh, last episode, uh, the two of us have very similar highlights in this book. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the chapter 19 starts with this. The deal in Muncie is this. I am to get whooped by the turd. The the turd being another professional wrestler, of course. Exactly. So he's uh, he dresses up like a piece of shit, <laughs> yeah. um, and since uh, it's all fixed, Forrest mm-hmm. is like he's told this guy Michael is that his name Mike or something. Yeah, uh, Mike is the wrestling guy. It's like it's your first thing. This guy's got seniority. He wins this match, right? And Forrest yeah. is kind of like, what the hell? I don't want to do that. But then. Uh, true to true to character does what he's told right until he doesn't do what he's told um i forget why is it because he gets hurt and he gets mad at the turd um yeah well the the turd starts legitimately beating the shit out of him and like (laughs) beating him with a chair like uh just smashing him in the head with a chair he keeps hitting him with the chair and yeah Yeah. it's supposed to be uh you know like professional wrestling it's supposed to be uh you're not supposed to try and hurt the other person you're supposed to pull your punches and uh the turd the turd doesn't pull his punches yeah. Uh, so Forrest lets loose and, and beats the shit out of him. And the, the crowd starts chanting, we want the dunce. We want the dunce. <laughs> Which right. like, man, Tim, I went to, uh, when I was in Mexico City recently, <coughs> went to a Lucha Libre match. Or a, uh, not uh, uh, Lucha Libre, uh, Luchadors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all, uh, professional wrestlers. And if, uh, two people came out to fight and they were called the dunce and the turd, <laughs> I'd still be down there. Tim, I would have moved yeah. to Mexico. That would have been it. I'd be like, forward all my mail. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, uh, luchador matches every night. Thank you. Following them around like the grateful dead. you <laughs> <laughs> following the turd around like Jerry Garcia. <laughs> Just like waiting, waiting outside the stage doors to ask him questions. Uh, Mr. Turd. Uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me, Mr. Turd. How do you uh, get so brown uh, uh, during the, b- before the matches? So anyway, Forrest winds up losing the match because the turd mm-hmm. legitimately starts beating the hell out of him. Yeah. Um, and then it was kind of heartbreaking. Um, pinned him and then mm-hmm. like kicked him in the ribs some more and then spit in his face. And <laughs> yeah. Forrest started crying. Yeah. 
That was sad. Oh, and that's when they started uh, chanting. I, I skipped that part. Yeah. Uh, because the crowd thought it was an act that was like, oh, he's dressed like a baby and now he's crying. Right. Uh, so they loved it. Yeah. And then uh, Mike loved it and he's like, okay, next time you can win or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, Jenny especially is like, first, stop fucking doing this. This is humiliating. They're taking advantage <laughs> of you. But yeah. he made a lot of money. A lot of money, yeah. He became a big draw. So their goal was, we we don't have to, I mean, feel free to jump in with any details, yeah. um, but their goal mm-hmm. is essentially to get $5,000 so for they can so start they can their go shrimp business down south and start their shrimp business. Um, but the siren song of professional wrestling mm-hmm. um, calls to Forrest um, and just more opportunities for more and more money come up, and he just keeps wrestling. Yeah. And then he's like going to be on TV. So that's like more publicity and more money. Yeah. But that's also when Jenny's like, great, now you're going to be on TV. Like, uh, so, uh, you know, you can be embarrassed in front of even more people. Yeah. And much like in the movie, Jenny, like, is protective of Forrest and doesn't like him being taken advantage of. Yes, or like, yeah. You know, hates that people are, uh, you know, trying to uh, uh, capitalize on an idiot. Who yes. doesn't know any better? Um, so eventually, they accumulate ten thousand dollars, twice what they needed. Twice what they needed, and Jenny all the time is just like, "Please, Forrest, please, Forrest." Um, and uh, Jenny tells him, uh, "He says, look, I says, it seemed to me that I <laughs> ought to be the one to say he if says, I quit or look, not." Look, I says. <laughs> I ain't going to do this forever just till it is the right time. Yeah. Well, I ain't going to wait around forever neither, Jenny say, but I don't believe she meant it. This is what happened with uh, Tom Brady and Giselle. Yeah. Giselle's like, stop with all this stop. quarterbacking Stop, you're humiliating already. us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, Forrest admits that like he liked the stardom of it. He liked yeah. that people were chanting his name. They liked that he liked that like uh, he was the star. Yeah, um, he had a Walter White like uh, monologue about how he liked it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't do it just for the money. I didn't I did do it, it for the I shrimp money. <laughs> <laughs> I can start a shrimp business anytime <laughs> I want. Um. So Dan, mm-hmm. Lieutenant Dan hatches a plan. He's yeah. like, all right, this next match, let's make this your last match. Yeah. Um, And they're supposed to get $2,000 for it. Mm-hmm. And Forrest is like, oh, yeah, we're going to make a lot of money. He's like, we're going to make more than that. You're supposed yeah. to lose mm-hmm. to the professor, <laughs> yeah. this guy. The dunce versus the professor. No wonder yeah. it's a big payday. Who yeah. wouldn't want to go see that? And Lieutenant Dan's like, it's leaked that you're going to lose to all the mm-hmm. betting markets. Yeah. So let's take the $10,000 we accumulated. Mm-hmm. We'll bet it on you, the mm-hmm. bookie. You'll go. You won't throw the match. You'll beat the shit out of the professor. <laughs> we'll run away before Mike can catch us. We'll get our money from the bookie, and then we'll go down and start shrimping, baby. 
Yeah, and I was trying to figure out like what what the hell kind of bookie takes bets on a professional wrestling match? Yeah, especially <laughs> like, like when the, it's common knowledge who is going to win before when that <laughs> like regularly leaks. Yeah, uh, like it, it's all scripted. Uh, you know, basically you're you're betting on like a coin toss that's already been decided, <laughs> and that. Right. Uh, you know, a few people know uh, heads or tails already. Yeah, remember the first season of Survivor, like mm-hmm. twenty-two years ago, when like when the finale came around, like yeah, Vegas took like millions and millions of dollars of. Well, bets I was on... gonna say I remember that happened with uh, Who Shot Mister Burns too. That was a that was a hoax. It was that a hoax. Was, that was he didn't all get done shot. For... Well, no, it was, uh, he did get oh, shot. Oh, it's one of those tree houses of horror episodes that's not uh, canon. <laughs> no, it's very much canon, Tom. No, 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 no. I hate to call you on. They, uh, there, was a, there was a special episode of America's Most Wanted um, <laughs> before, the fina- before the conclusion, part two of Who Shot Mr. Burns, uh-huh. which also, like, John Walsh agreed to do this. Like, hey, I started this show because my son was murdered. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I'll do a cartoon tie-in for like who shot hey, the old he's man. He's part of the Fox family, Tim. Yeah, but they were they were like, oh, and here's what the betting markets are saying uh, live oh, okay. from Vegas. So but that it wasn't it wasn't a hoax. It was just like a tongue-in-cheek thing, right? Okay, but but the Survivor thing, yeah, they were taking bets, and yeah. I'm guessing like, what you're going to say is like, there's so many. Yeah, people. there's probably at least like 150 people that know who won. Yeah. Um, but between you know all the contestants, their families, their friends, like e- even though they're told not to tell people, I'm sure they tell. You people. think Richard Hatch didn't have loose lips? Yeah, come on, the, these people were dastardly to begin with. They're not going to respect a non-disclosure agreement. But yeah, all the crew and everything, the editors, yeah. the producers, like yeah, I always find stuff like that wild because. It's like, hey, if you're like a line producer on this show, why wouldn't you like grab a flight to Vegas and put everything you own on, you know, something that's like, I shot this scene. I know what happens. (laughs) This is sure money. Yeah, I'm the guy who locked the episode and like. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I I finished editing this episode three hours ago. This can't change. It airs uh, tonight. Also, like, I don't know, you can do it, you know, intelligently, too. Like, have somebody mm-hmm. else do it on your behalf. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't know, even if you, I guess if you, like, bet a lot of money, then they would pr- maybe look into, like, <laughs> hey, how wh- how'd you know that? But, you mm-hmm. know, I'm thinking, like, if you went there and even bet, like, $1,000 and it was, like, 10 to 1 odds, like, they're not going to you know be like oh let's make sure he's not a writer on survivor yeah well let's make sure he wasn't one of the other contestants <coughs> i don't know that's that's my dream to be able to like place a bet like that that's a sure thing maybe i should get into betting on professional wrestling yeah i mean i i still don't know who's gonna win anytime like i i know that they know but that doesn't right. mean it's easy for me to know anyway tom mm-hmm. He goes in there. Oh, and Jenny's like, I don't like this idea, guys. Yeah. Um, and the, 
Forrest is like, well, this is the last one I'm doing. She's like, it's dishonest. You know, so they go and they do I it. I mean, my problem wouldn't, I, I thought that was like uh, a little silly for her character that she wouldn't be necessary. She'd be maybe a little concerned about being dishonest, but I think she'd be more concerned and uh, justifiably of like, hey, don't like fuck around with a bookie. <laughs> like, yeah. You guys I, are are messing with people you shouldn't mess with. I do feel like this is part of her protectiveness of yeah. Forrest, where it's like you're being corrupted. Yeah, you're like a yeah, pure, trying, like trying to make never, sure he doesn't wind up that way. You've never lied in your life, right? And he, mm-hmm. he says like that for the first time. Yeah, because he lies later. <laughs> yeah, like, and she's just like, no, people are taking advantage of you. You're being mm-hmm. corrupted, and your character is uh, being affected by these ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. Um, so it's less like, hey, no, don't cheat the the wrestling promoter, and more like, this is not the man you are, yeah, Forrest. Th- this yeah. is not the way you have always comported yourself. a very uh, impressionable man. Yeah. Um, anyway, he doesn't, he doesn't win, because the professor beats the shit out of him. Yeah, in a way him with that, a like, book. Is this show, is this movie... Show. <laughs> <It's> this... <laughs> Tim, you didn't just watch the TV show instead of reading the book, did you? <laughs> Is this book um, supposed to be a cartoon? Because at one point he throws uh, the professor five rows back, and there's a there's an old lady <laughs> knitting. Yeah, and then the professor comes back and uh, wraps him up like a mummy using the no- the yarn from uh, the old lady's knitting like yeah that that's what's weird about this book like every once in a while it goes full-on looney tunes yeah uh, which, you know it's fine right but but it's like not consistently and like sometimes the book is genuinely you know like the parts during the vietnam war you know i think did a good job painting the picture of like you know, a pointless war where just men were sent into a meat grinder to die. But then, yeah, and then it's like, uh, and then somebody ordered a hole from Acme Corporation and they put <laughs> yeah. it in the ring and he fell through it. Yeah. Um, and this sounds like a brutal beating. Hit yeah. him with a book a lot. Yeah. It was a dictionary. Um, well, he says it looked like a dictionary. Yeah, he didn't know. He couldn't. Do you know, do you find it odd, Tom, Mm -hmm. that these days uh, there's actual discourse around, this is because of Twitter, Mm -hmm. Um, there's actual discourse around, oh, uh, Merriam-Webster's word of the year is (laughs) whatever. Like, I feel like you'd see that, like, in the past, like, a little thing, like, in other news in the yeah, in the yeah. newspaper and be like, that's stupid. They have a word of the year. But now like people are like, oh, it's gaslighting this year, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then they have like a debate about it. And like, yeah, that's just dictionary word of the year. I, I think that only happens on Twitter. And it's because yeah. everybody's uh, mind's been poisoned on there. Yeah. We don't have to talk about this. This stuff has always been around and we just... Rightfully, we just went like, oh, that's... prioritize and be like, oh, <laughs> not worth talking about. Yeah, like, oh, any other I, thing. I, I have an opinion about that, but like, eh, not a strong one, <laughs> positively or negatively. It's, uh, yeah. 
you know, it's just that the dictionary people have to put out press releases once in a while. And, you know, whatever else are they going to do except uh, put new words in there? They can't be like, uh, this year we took out a bunch of words that nobody was using anymore. I mean, they should do that more often. <laughs> I think they they must sometimes. Yeah. Like, There has to be a point where it's like, all right, this word uh, belongs in a different type of dictionary at this point. This is you know, some like slang from the 20s that nobody uses anymore. Yeah. But we'll put it in the old-timey dictionary. Or maybe um, they'll just say, "Hey, it's already in the old dictionaries. That's good enough." Yeah, go go get a vintage copy on eBay. Yeah, if you want to learn what this word means. I don't know why I highlighted this part, but I just thought it was funny. I am charmed by the uh, the diction in this book sometimes, <clears throat> particularly when like Forrest mm. is um, quoting other people. And yeah. like, but it's like through his own filter. I just like, uh, this is just an example of it. Not a particularly good one. This is Lieutenant Dan. Well, you say, this is a fine state of affairs, getting yourself outsmarted by the professor. That's <laughs> <laughs> like that. There's some fun <laughs> quotes. And yeah, he did get outsmarted by the professor. Well, along those lines, I have I have a highlighted line here. Uh, I, th- I think it's like a chapter or two later. But uh, Honest Ivan is a big old Russian feller with a high forehead, just like the Frankenstein monster, and long black curly hair, such as you might see on a violin player. <laughs> Which yeah. is very funny, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when he's right, he's right. When he's an idiot, but when he's right, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> but he's observant about violin players. And yeah, sometimes they've got that black curly hair. I don't know why, but um, but I did find it surprising that he said, just like the Frankenstein monster. Come on, you're telling me a guy like Forrest Gump doesn't think Frankenstein's monster is just called Frankenstein? <laughs> yeah. That took me out of the book. I couldn't finish the rest. Yeah, that's Winston Groom uh, yeah. coming through. Hey, Winston, butt out. I'm trying to listen to Forrest. <laughs> Um, then they get home mm-hmm. and, uh, he's like, all right, we're going to go start the shrimp business with like the $2,000 we got from tonight for winning. Yeah. And let's go get Jenny and we'll be on our way. Dear John letter, Tom, a dear forest letter from yeah. Jenny. She's left him. She's fucked off. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, uh, this is uh, written in normal speak, not forest speak, because it's a transcription. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it was, uh, it was kind of, you know, uh, it was effective. But then in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about, it's like uh, an emotional thing. Much like, it reminded me a lot of when uh, Marge Simpson um, recorded the video for Homer Simpson uh, before the third act of the Simpsons movie mm-hmm. where she was just like, this time you've gone too far and I'm leaving you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, you think that's where you took it from? <laughs> probably. Um, 
But then, she, then there's this line. But when you got shot up in the spaceship and were lost in the jungle <laughs> nearly four years, I think maybe <laughs> yeah. I changed. I was like, "Hey, you really can't balance the tones of this book, can you?" <laughs> can you? Yeah, groom? I mean, she's not making a joke. She's talking about a, a factual thing that happened in this book. But yeah, again, it's, it reminds you of the cartoonish nature of some of it. Yeah. Um. So, um, he and lieutenant dan part ways they split the money Mm -hmm. um and he goes down to or he goes to nashville on his way to mobile i think or something yeah because he does decide like i should go back home and find mama (laughs) yeah um but they stopped in nashville i think it was nashville to change buses Mm -hmm. um and he see why does he wind up at this chess tournament? Oh, he uh, goes to a hotel where the chess tournament's being held. Oh, I think yeah. because he's like, oh, I should, <laughs> uh, like, I'm pretty good at chess. Maybe I should enter this tournament. Oh, but, yeah. But uh, then it was $5. And he's like, yeah, yeah he's I like, forget that. And he, and and he, he meets... winds up playing chess with a guy in the lobby. Yeah. And he misses his bus. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to get uh, on a, chess tangent i think mm-hmm. that's my problem with this book and i guess you can say this is intentional but it's like he had t- happens, he had time to kill between buses i think yeah is what it was yeah but like at this point i'm like okay let's get to the point where he becomes a <laughs> fucking chess grandmaster yeah and like, yeah like all right we're gonna i get it i get it like when it's like oh there was an old man there and it's like okay this guy's gonna be your kid like at some point, I feel like, all right, we're going through the motions here. Okay, yeah. this is the chess part. <laughs> and he's a former grandmaster, and he's just like, oh, you know, uh, what you just did against me in this game, nobody could have mm-hmm. done. Like, uh, I'd like to sponsor you in a real tournament in L.A. Mm-hmm. And much to uh, to his <laughs> for his character, he's like, all right, I'll go. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, you're the latest person I've met. I'll I'll go along with you. Yeah, so he goes with him. They mm-hmm. go out to L.A. Um, and why are they on a movie set? Oh, he, uh, Mr. Tribble is his name. Mr. Mm-hmm. Tribble takes him to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he arranged to get me to get us a tour of a movie lot, which is like okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, we need to. F- Figure out a way to get uh, Forrest Gump on a movie set. Uh, yeah. well, they'll just arrange to go on a tour. And the, the man brings off. him there. Yeah, the man yeah. brings him. And then a director, a hotshot director comes up to him and he's like, mm. hey, who are you? Uh, well, yeah. I'm going to put you in my movie, baby. Uh-huh. Um, and Forrest is like, okay, yeah, I'll come do a screen test. And then this Mr. Tribble guy is just like, well, I don't know. We have a chess tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, uh, how long did a movie take to shoot? Yeah. Um, so whatever. They go back to the chess tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, he wins a couple matches. Yeah. I just realized that like uh, the character of Forrest Gump in the book Forrest Gump is uh, a real Mary Sue. What do you what do you what do you mean you know, by that, Tom? Do you know that uh, phrase? I'm familiar that it is a phrase it's like a main character who's like good at everything uh despite like not having any experience or training and it's just like everybody around this character is always like 
wow, like you're, you're the, you've never tried this before, but you're the best I've ever seen at doing this. What's the origin of that phrase? I don't know what the origin of it is. Hmm. Uh, I'm looking it up. Seems sexist to me. Because it has a woman's name. I'm looking Mm -hmm. it up on Wikipedia. Uh, Character archetype in fiction. Well, uh, yeah, usually a young woman, it says, who is often portrayed as inexplicably competent across all domains, gifted with unique talents or powers, liked or respected by most other characters, unrealistically free of weakness, extremely attractive, innately virtuous, and or generally lacking meaningful character flaws. But I, that's not true about Forrest. He has a lot of character flaws. Well, what character flaws does he have? He's an idiot. That's not a flaw in your character. Uh, well, I think it's a flaw that like he just listens to whatever anybody tells him and just like wanders off instead of uh, you know like sticking to you know. Right now, it's like you know we talked uh, I think last week about how his mama's in the poor house, like her uh, house burned down. Yeah. His mama's in the poor house, and like he's fucking you know taking his sweet ass time to get yeah, back. He's there. like, I'm gonna go to boston to have sex with jenny in fifteen thousand different positions yeah uh, i'll eventually make my way down there ah then i'll become a professional wrestler <laughs> yeah. yeah so i i would say that those are uh uh character flaws the term uh mary sue comes from the name of a character created by paula smith in the 1973 in the parody story a trekkie's tale uh, the story featured Lieutenant Mary Sue, the youngest lieutenant in the fleet, and uh, satirized idealistic female characters widespread in Star Trek fan fiction. That that seems uh, not to... I guess it's criticizing. It's kind of like a cousin to the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, right? Where it's like clear like male writers uh, yeah, having some like, sort of like, like a, fantasy character of like... Uh, yeah, yeah, just like poor, a poorly written character yeah. who's just like good at everything and never has to like actually <clears throat> deal with consequences or overcome an obstacle. Like they're right. nope they they're just the best there has ever been at this. Okay, so the director calls him up after he's uh, advanced a little bit in the in the chess tournament. Mm-hmm. The director. Uh, gets a hold of him he's like hey you got to come down to back down to the studio for this screen test we were talking about yeah so uh forrest goes down there um first they ask if he can swim and he's like yeah and then they're like okay get get to a costume fitting they dress him up like the dang creature from the black lagoon tom yeah which makes me wonder who was going to be the creature from the black lagoon before forrest is forrest a scab did they fire a sag actor uh, and they're like, ah, well, let's get this idiot to do it for less money. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But maybe, he gets to may- star in this this movie with Raquel mm-hmm. Welch. Yeah. Um, a famously beautiful woman. <clears throat> yeah. And they uh, they sure do talk about her boobs a lot in this book. <laughs> yeah. And then they find a way to uh, rip all of her clothes off. <laughs> all right, Tom. <laughs> Winston Groom. <laughs> seems to be under the impression that a woman's clothes can get ripped off so <laughs> easily. There is that scene at the movies earlier with Jenny, right? Yeah. 
where like she slunk down in her chair and he yeah. thought she was falling and then like he ripped her dress off by accident and she was completely yeah. naked. Raquel Welch, he's carrying her off into the jungle as the creature of the Pla- from the Black Lagoon. Mm. And <laughs> they pass a tree and the tree <laughs> rips all of her clothes off so she's totally nude. Um, and yeah, it's later- never like, oh, they ripped a revealing tear in the dress. It's like, nope, it somehow either they weren't wearing any underwear or it ripped off their underwear as well. Yeah. And then uh, it makes me wonder if uh, Winston Groom is a uh, uh, pen name for uh, Patrick Stewart from that episode of Extras <laughs> where he's pitching his movie uh, with all the women's clothes falling off. And then later on, I'm jumping ahead here, but um, uh-huh. uh, just as a shit, like there's mayhem at one point, mm-hmm. and then says, uh, "Honest Ivan fell over backwards across a chair, and on the way down, ripped half the dress off a fat lady <laughs> that looked like an advertisement for a jewelry store." It's like, how? <laughs> why do these women keep getting their? <laughs> Dresses ripped up. Yeah, in this wh- book. Wh- wh- what got caught on uh, this man falling down that yeah. ripped off half the dress? Is he wearing like a like a studded jacket or something? Anyway, Raquel Welch is being really mean to Forrest beforehand. Yeah. Um, well, she thinks. In fairness, she thinks he's the creature from the Black Lagoon. I guess she um, hasn't seen him uh, outside of makeup. So. Let me, tell me if I, I'm getting this right. So okay, the scene is she's running. He's running into the jungle with her. Right? He takes her. Yes. He uh, comes out of the water, grabs her, and runs into the jungle with her. Mm-hmm. And she, or she, she's in the water. He grabs her, and they run off. Um, they take a few takes, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Okay, one more time, one more time." And uh, and she's supposed to be screaming like, "Help! Help! Get off!" Yeah, me, yeah. Um, then he really has to pee. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to say anything, of so course. he pisses in, in his costume, suit. which while he's holding Raquel Welch, and she starts freaking out. She but, smells it. Yeah, and she's like, "He hasn't been drinking me? a lot of water, and his pee. <clears throat> it smells like shit. It smells awful." Yeah, and so he's still doing the take and bringing her mm. into the jungle. Yeah, and he's a pro. She's screaming at him, and the director's like, this is great. This is the performance we need. Yeah. Um, And so he keeps he doesn't know when to when to cut because the director has... He turns around at one point, and the director's like, mm. no, 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 keep going keep, into the yeah. jungle. And so he keeps going, and this is a movie set, but there's a jungle. I guess it's like a jungle <laughs> set. Uh-huh. And then, but that jungle seems to like go on for a while. Yeah, and then Raquel's well, Raquel Welch's dress gets ripped off, and so she's mm-hmm. totally nude. So she's like, "We can't go back there. We have to go mm-hmm. find me some clothes." Mm-hmm. And then the chimpanzee or the orangutan comes back. Yeah, Sue, Sue. shows up. <laughs> yeah, because the movie studio went to Africa and caught him yeah and they were shooting a tarzan movie and i guess both these movies shared a set at the same time yeah it was a big jungle set (laughs) like a yeah like a connecting jungle set of like look we made this huge jungle set for some movie and uh 
Uh, it's so big that two regular movies can shoot on it at the same time, and we can have an orangutan just hanging out in there. <laughs> yeah. And then they wind up on a freeway, the Santa Monica freeway. Mm-hmm. Raquel Welch is just like, hey, and it's, it's Forrest, her, and the orangutan, and Sue. Um, mm-hmm. Sue. She's like, we have to go to a dress shop, and they go to a dress shop. <laughs> There's a joke of like, not that one. I wouldn't be caught dead in there. Yeah. And then she tries on some dresses. She picks the one that they want, and then they try to charge her. And she's like, "Where?" She's really mean. Yeah, she's if like, I was "I'm the Raquel Welch." Welch. State, or no? At the time, she was no, alive. No, she was. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. I would have sued the pants alive? off freaking Winston Groom. I think I think she might still be alive. <laughs> Tim, as a child of the '90s, I was Raquel only aware from Welch her. is still alive. Really. I was only aware of her from Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, I was only aware of her as like a beautiful woman from the past who's still with us in the present. (laughs) And um, they wind up getting arrested because the store owner doesn't believe that she's actually Raquel Welch. Yeah. And whatever. In fairness, she came in there naked with an idiot and an orangutan. So yeah. I wouldn't believe her either. Okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pick up the pace here, Tom. <laughs> um, so they're in jail. Mister Tribble comes and bails him out, so he can go yeah. back to uh, the chess tournament. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, I th- here's another uh, here's another line that I liked. Mr. Tribble was like, uh, I don't know if Sue can stay with us. It's an ape mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and finally, uh, he says, well, I think I understand your feelings, and I'm willing to give it a try, but he's going to have to behave himself or we'll be in trouble for sure. He will, I say, and old Sue be nodding and grinning like an ape. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's heavily implied that at some point Sue became fluent in English. <laughs> yeah. Like an and like completely everything. friendly and Yeah, yeah. Mm. Stop being an aggressive male orangutan is now just and also like uh I feel like at one point there's a mention of like uh like oh we stayed in this place because it was the only place that would like allow Sue. But then, like, later in the book, that stops being a problem, and Sue's, like, going on the bus all the time and, like, yeah. going into restaurants with force and everything, and, like, it's it's fine. Nobody even raises an eyebrow. It's all very confusing. Um, but ever he gets to the finals of the chess tournament, and that's when he plays this Honest Ivan guy, and this is the mm-hmm. Frankenstein guy with the hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he needs to win this match. Mm-hmm. For to win the ten thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars, and it's a hard match. And I guess it's funny if you're into chess. There's like two full pages of like funny names of gambits that you yeah. that they do back and like, forth. You open with like, this gambit, and I yeah. counter with like, this with increasingly ridiculous names. Yeah. It's like, all right, groom, I get what you're doing here. Let's let's get to the point, but. <laughs> So it's getting down to the last, and uh, Forrest thinks he's tricked old Honest Ivan mm-hmm. into making a real stupid move that would uh, 
that would win, win him the game. Yeah, yeah, like the the gambit would work. Um, and Ivan keeps almost making the move and then moving it back without taking his hand off and mm-hmm. like back and forth. And then uh, Forrest is like, "Please, just kind of like just yeah, just make just... the move, and then I'll win." Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very tense. And then the best line of the book, probably. But suddenly, I cut a humongous baked bean fart that sound like somebody is ripping a bedsheet in half. <laughs> baked bean, a humongous baked bean fart. And, you know, and, and we didn't necessarily hear about him eating baked beans earlier. It's not even clear if, like, oh, it's a fart from just, baked beans. It's a, just a descriptor of the type of fart. And it's pretty descriptive. I know what exactly what yeah. kind of fart that is. Yeah, it's like it's not a fart that smells like baked beans. It smells like you ate baked beans. <laughs> and may, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, Forrest. That's neither here nor there at this point. Because everybody's smelling it. <clears throat> I Yeah. I mean, that, that also paints a perfect picture that it sounded like ripping a bed sheet in half. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um. All right. So he leaves L.A. after that. Mr. Tribble's just like, all right, you're t- like, we'll split this money. You're a good yeah. guy for us, but like, <laughs> this is more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. Um. And he went back to Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> you disappeared for a little while, and you came back with an orangutan <laughs> that just follows you around all the time. All right. Enough is enough. Um. So he goes home and finds his mom. He goes to the Poe house. She mm-hmm. is a uh, runoff with a Protestant, but he asks yeah. around, and she's working at a laundry place or a dry cleaners. He goes; it's a tearful reunion. Mm-hmm. She's so happy to see him, but then she burns the pants she was pressing, so she gets yeah. fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then uh, Forrest beats the shit out of that guy. He, he put, put him in. in the, he put the him boss. in a laundry. Yeah. Um. So he puts him in a washing machine and leaves. Um, <laughs> well, it says, la- uh, uh, first, I grabbed him and picked him up in the air. Then I carried him into where they was washing all these clothes in a big old oversized laundry machine they use for quilts and rugs. And I opened the top and stuffed him in uh, and closed the lid shut and turned the dial to spin. Last I seen of him, his ass was heading for the rinse cycle. <laughs> um, okay. So, look, I, uh, the baby's crying. Okay. Um, they leave. Forrest is like, okay, I'm going to go down to Bubba's dad's house and uh, start the shrimp business. Bubba's yeah, dad some, is nice to him. Something I've been like meaning to do for the last 20 years. Yeah, and he shows him all these different ponds that he apparently can just start a shrimp business in. Mm-hmm. He hires um, one of the football players from the Curtis. school. Curtis. Yeah, he runs into Curtis. Yeah, so they start it. Um and then uh, they harvest a lot of shrimp. Um, <laughs> yeah, the then, end of the book, I mean, this is when it gets, again, like similar to the movie where it's like, oh, the shrimp business just like grows and grows and grows like rapidly until the point where like Forrest is a millionaire. 
Yeah, and, and he uh, hires everybody else from the whole history of the book, except for Jenny, who he can't find. Yeah, um, and everybody like, winds uh, up coming and working for him. The the end of Avengers Endgame when all the portals open up and all the uh, people come back. That exactly. that's like what happens here. Um. So yeah, that's that's what happens there. Um, and then he finally is just oh. Then they. This is like more of the dumb political satire. Yeah, he like, runs oh, for senate. And... Yeah, and like his campaign thing has it winds up being I have to I, pee and then yeah, which is I like gotta... his it becomes his version of drain the swamp. Yeah, that that I thought was a real reach because it's like everybody's like it me. It means we have to get rid of all the waste in Washington. We've got to pee. That, yeah. You know, the, and everybody chants it and stuff, and that's a slogan. Yeah. But then but then the papers do, like, just a little bit of digging up on him and find out, you know, all the wacky things we know, and uh, that, that ruins his political career. Yeah, and basically he has to flee, or he's just like, look, this isn't fulfilling anymore. Yeah. Being a rich guy. Well, um, and again, yeah. Well, and this is, you know, the the running for Senate is like the last thing he does that other people tell him he should do. Right. When he has no actual interest in it. So he takes a bus to Savannah because the lady at the bus station tells him to because he doesn't know where to go. <laughs> That's the last thing. Yeah. And then he just... uh Sits on a bench um, and plays a harmonica mm-hmm. with Sue, and yeah. people give him change. And so he just starts mm-hmm. doing that all the time. And then he buys a keyboard and a drum set and just does a one man band. Yeah. And then uh, Jenny comes by, and it turns out she lives in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Where are um, the odds? She's, yeah, she's married with a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess who the kid is? Forrest the, Jr. The, yeah. Sorry, the, I'll grab him in like. Tom, there's a baby crying here. <laughs> I heard. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, he, well, we'll just cut this part out because <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. Oh yeah, so this is uh, another like uh, very similar to the book, or is very similar to the movie. Rather, this is the book. It's similar to the book, of course. But the uh, uh, where she's like, he, he his name is Forrest. And he's like, oh, I like my name. And she's like, yeah, he's named after his dad. Although this is like shittier than the book because it's basically like, oh, yeah, I couldn't really understand. They seem to gloss over it. They seem to imply that like she met this other guy and he thinks it's his kid. But like the timeline doesn't work out because it's like the last time she saw Forrest and they had sex was like four months before she met this guy. Yeah. But it's kept vague enough that it's like, oh, maybe, you know, the guy knows it's not his kid. But, you know, he, she was pregnant when he met her. But, you know, it, he he's raising the kid like his like it's his own. And uh yeah, you know, maybe wouldn't like to know that, like, the dad's somewhere in the picture now. <clears throat> exactly. Or, you know, it, it would complicate things or whatever. 
So yeah, so it's you, just kind of like a weird. It doesn't have the nice ending the movie does of like, oh, and Forrest Junior like his his mom died, and now he needs somebody to uh, take care of him. And luckily, uh, you know, Forrest is uh, available. He's he's not had anybody tell him what to do for a few minutes, so you can just <laughs> take care of this kid. Yep. Can we stop? Sorry about that, Tom. Unexpected uh, uh, child care duties came up. The yeah, sick well, kids, sometimes you have to give them medicine. Yeah. And what's the best medicine? Laughter. Yeah, so it took me a few you minutes. You just put to... on some old episodes of this show. <laughs> Come on, cheer up, buddy. <laughs> anyway, this is why Forrest could not um, be Forrest Jr.'s dad. Um, yeah. Because uh, Jenny needs somebody responsible to raise this kid. This is where Jenny diverges from the Jenny of the movie where, like, in mm-hmm. the movie, Forrest is like, oh, no, this kid, is he? And, yeah. and Jenny's like, no, no, he's smart. But, like, yeah. in this, she was like, I was he real worried he's going to be an idiot like you. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, she's the one who's like, no, no, no. I, yeah, I thought for sure he's gonna be an idiot just like you. <laughs> that would have sucked. Yeah, um, but no. Um, but Forrest knows and understands why it can't be. And then he and Lieutenant Dan. Oh, Lieutenant Dan comes back at some point too. <laughs> yeah. Um And Sue, I'll go to New Orleans and. Um, uh, in his words, um, there's a girl. There is a girl here that works as a waitress in one of the strip joints, and ever since, and, and every and, once in a while, we get together and ass around. Wanda is her name. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So it's basically like like ah, don't feel so bad for Forrest that because uh, there's also I forgot like earlier Forrest finds out that Jenny's married and he like has a breakdown and because there's a funny line where like he goes into a bush to like cry basically and he's like I spent the better part of a, a day and a half in that bush. <laughs> yeah. Like he's devastated and it's actually it's like some of the best like emotional stuff in the book, I think, because it's like he's not mad or anything like that. Like he understands he gets it. He's happy that she found somebody, Mm. but like he's still devastated for himself about it. Yeah. See, he's a good man. He's got good character. Yeah. Um, and the book ends with them in New Orleans just hanging out with weirdos and him <laughs> assing around with a waitress from a strip club. Um, yeah, I thought that was like a real funny because it almost felt to me that it's like, ah, uh, I uh, can't leave can't leave the book on like a, uh, you know, sour note. The sour note that like uh, the love of his life is married to somebody else and raising his kid without him because he's too stupid to, you know, uh, be around the kid. Uh, so, but like, there's not enough left in the book to like have a new, uh, relationship show up. Uh, but so I'll just leave the readers knowing like, don't worry. Forrest was getting laid, uh, every (laughs) once in a while still. Um, yeah. Overall, Tom, bad Mm -hmm. book. 
I don't know. Interesting book. Like I, it takes a lot, I think, for me to say something's a bad book. Yeah. Uh, and there are definitely unique things in this book. I think the tone is like a little all over the place. Like the movie does a much better job balancing the like comedic with the emotional. Um, but this like takes much bigger swings, at least as far as the comedic stuff is uh, concerned. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and it, it makes me wonder how much better would a Tom Hanks movie be if he had a, a an orangutan uh, palling around with him. Uh, and if he dressed up in movie. a diaper and a dunce cap. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to see Tom turd. Hanks do that? Yeah. You think that was like uh, they sent him the book to read? You know, before he signed on to the project and he was like, under no circumstances will I be wrestling as the dunce. So you can keep that out of the screenplay adaptation. Do you think so? Who like Robert Zemeckis was like, Mm -hmm. here, Tom Hanks, here's the screenplay for the movie. Uh, Don't read the book that it's based on, though. (laughs) No, Tom, you know, Tom Hanks is a pro. I think, uh, you know, he could read both and it's like, oh, okay, well, this is the book. I'm not doing the, you know, all this stuff in the book. Uh, so that's fine. Yeah. You know, I, I think he probably trusted Robert Zemeckis of like, yeah, you're going to like sand off the rough edges of this book, right? Yeah. Um, They did for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't think it's a bad book, I guess. Tom, okay, here's the test. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're home for the holidays. Yes. And you see on your mom's bookshelf, Forrest Gump, and you're bored. You have uh-huh. a, a couple, you're like, yeah, I want to see what this book is about. You know, what, mm. you, you read the first, you know, you read it for like 45 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just to, Do you, at that point, ask your mom, Hey, when I go back to Brooke, can I bring this with me? I want to finish this book. Or do you put it back on the shelf and go like, nah, no, I don't need to finish this. I probably would have put it back on the shelf for no other reason than like, it's hard to get into the mode of like reading the way he talks, the way yeah. it's spelled out. Um, But I think as somebody who's seen the movie Forrest Gump, you know, I don't know how many times growing up, um, I... Like, you know, I have a brother who's younger and he liked the movie a lot and, you know, was was at that age where it's like, oh, I like this movie. So I'll watch it, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, having seen the movie a lot, I found it very interesting, uh, no matter what, pretty much to to read the book and read the differences. It wasn't as different as I was expecting, I think. Yeah, um, like it, like it was pretty different. He has an orangutan pal <laughs> and gets shot into space and lives uh, with tribesmen with cannibals for yeah. four years. But um, I was thinking, like, aside from in the movie when he runs coast to coast, like everything else is taken from the book. Like, what else did the movie invent out of whole cloth? Um, a lot more of, I think, the historical connection, like him inspiring John Lennon's Imagine and yeah, like, all yeah. that they, stuff. I think I they think amped they, that up. I think they were like, oh, this uh, 
when Lyndon he meets the Johnson president, thing it's is fun. fun. Let, yeah, yeah let, let's have him do that with more people. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I think you're right. You're right. I mean, they they change elements of of things, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, could they have gotten away with like a version of the movie where like changing a few more things and not have to and cut groom out of the deal. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Cause yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, and like Jenny and Dan and Bubba are different, but like not miles different, you know, yeah. like the, the elements of those characters are still uh, like pretty, pretty uh, similar to each other. Do you think uh, it was like a, a, the founder situation where mm-hmm. um, Zemeckis met Winston Groom in a bathroom at some point and went, you know what? You know why I bought your book to make that movie? I could have, I could have made that movie with that. I could, I could have figured it out. I could, I mm-hmm. could have had some of the same elements and changed them enough. Mm-hmm. You know what makes you valuable? The name, Forrest <laughs> Gump. We weren't gonna beat. We weren't gonna beat Forrest Gump as the perfect name for an idiot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like uh, yeah, McDonald's. That that's yeah. what he claims he was. He he was after. Um, yeah, I mean Forrest Gump. It, it's a good name. Uh, uh, you know, it's a very memorable name. And like, I remember, like, you know, in the lead up to that movie, uh. It, there being an element of like a movie called Forrest Gump, that that's a man's name. It was like, oh, well, color Tell me, me interested. I'll yeah. have to pick up next week's Entertainment Weekly from Blockbuster to find out more about this movie. I guess. Yep, I'll have to wait till a commercial comes on TV to catch a glimpse of what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, do you even do you even have a an inkling of an idea of what this movie's about? All right, well, Tom. We're not done with the Gump experience, although I think people pretty definitively sounded up in the comments that we shouldn't read Gump and Company next. Um, yeah. They're all gumped out or gumped up. Yeah, they're just a bunch of gumped up. I bet right now they're pretty gumped up, but they don't want to be gumped out. Yeah, but uh, we will be uh, reporting on Bubba Gump Shrimp Company Yes, Next we, we we've got to figure out offline what uh, night yeah. we're going there. <laughs> yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for being patrons. Thank you for gumping it up with us uh, once again. We love you very much. Until we gump um, again, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>